Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for an hour. Action Jackson is bouncing around the studio. He uh, did not get any sleep last night because he was up watching the Lakers and the Clippers. No, I uh, I went to bed pretty early last night. Oh, is that right? 9.45-ish. Getting ready for your trip to Columbia for homecoming, and you're heading down there, and you're speaking at a couple of venues, speaking right. at a couple of fraternities, I understand, uh, yep. and then meeting the ladies from the sorority. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, that's that's my weekend in a nutshell. Really, what's going on? But uh, nah, I'll just go down there and enjoy myself and uh, see if the Tigers can't bring home their first SEC victory. Nice. Fight Tiger. Uh, Gabe Darman will join us, brought to you by James Carlton, coming up at 10-15. Uh, best college football matchup of the weekend. Go. Wow. The slate last week was so strong. It was the bee's knees. It was the bee's so knees. Strong. UCLA is playing uh, Oregon. He? Oregon. That's There it is. Because UCLA is like an interesting team because I so rarely get to watch West Coast teams. And so I like uh, it could be a high-scoring one, UCLA, Oregon. Yeah, and I think the totals on that one is uh, 70. Yeah. Ole Miss has to go to Baton Rouge, but yeah. they, they get a day game. It's a 2.30 start. UCLA is 9. Oregon is 10. Texas is playing Oklahoma State. Uh, that doesn't do it as much. The Big 12 is interesting, though, because it's kind of up for snatch grabs in a sense. Thank you for saying snatch grabs. Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State goes to Roll Tide. Mississippi State lost a player, passed away yesterday. Yeah, now they go to Tuscaloosa. And they have to go play Alabama following a loss. Yeah, like, that's, I think I'm Alabama's anxious got... to see that. The number on that one is 21. Yeah, it is kind of relative, especially relative to last week. It's pretty weak. Yeah, yeah. This uh, last week, both NFL and college football slate was incredible, and this week it has certainly taken a dip, including well, I guess last night's Thursday night football game was fun for some, not for me. Uh, Jackson again had to Venmo me twenty dollars. This is this is starting I'm, to become a revenue stream. I'm I might serious. have to, I might have to talk with the tax man about <laughs> all these Venmos from you because Seriously. it's becoming it's becoming a source of income. Can I write this off? I think you can. I think it's a <laughs> content write off. Content write off. <laughs> Uh, I was on the over last night. I got to tell you something, though. Before the game, I texted the Wizard, eh? and the Wizard liked the under. So, I mean, yeah. I guess that was the sharp play. Well, Dalton throwing, and one of them was certainly not his fault to Callaway, but throwing back-to-back pick sixes, like that's going to burn anyone who has the under in any situation. And like like I said, one of them was totally not his fault. That was a game script you could see in the first quarter was going over, though, right. barring a surprise. Now, right. sometimes something happens, like it can go the other way. Team's about to score, as was the case with the Saints originally, yeah. and he was picked off in the end zone. Yeah. That was not a pick six. But the game script was clear that this was going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, and that's what, I, and so I felt that. So I was like, all right, we got to hold on for dear life here. And then throwing back-to-back pick sixes. I mean, it was like forty-two at half. I had no chance. Did you have the under on the pick six podcast? I did. Oh, yeah, so I double shot you. And I and I was like, you know what? Because I, I was going to hedge. Oh, and then you I was went hedge, it. But you I hedged your twenty bucks. No, I was. That's the first time anybody from Ledoux has ever said I'm hedging twenty bucks. Well, I was going to hedge it. And but then I doubled down and bet the under too. So I re- I really got that. Was, last you said you're gonna. He- what do you mean you're gonna hedge it? I was gonna put twenty on the over. So there were that, therefore I couldn't lose. That's the most quiche thing I have ever heard. I don't know what quiche like uh, the breakfast item. I like quiches, <laughs> spinach, a little cheese in there. What do you know about quiche? <laughs> Cut that off. <laughs> Hold on a second. I really I'm gonna. This might be the entire program now. Tell Gabe he's gonna have to wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll FaceTime. So you had a twenty dollar bet with me. 
And in order to make sure you didn't lose any money, mm-hmm. you then went and bet the over. No, I was going to. Instead, I I settled in. But, but I, that, that doesn't. But your the plan was I can't risk this twenty dollar bet, so I need to go hedge it. Well, as you've mentioned before, I've been hemorrhaging these bets to you, so eventually it adds <laughs> it's up. It's like sixty bucks. Yeah, it's sixty bucks that could have been spent spent elsewhere in Colombia. I understand, but you're hedging it. That's right. Yeah, that was that was the plan, but I didn't. Instead, I lost 40 bucks last night. But the fact that there was even a thought process like, oh, crap, I'm so leveraged that I've got to unload this $20 that maybe we shouldn't be just throwing around $20 bets on the air if you're in a tight spot, so to speak. I guess you're living above your means. No, no, no. You got bottle service at Napoli before you head to Columbia tomorrow? No. But, you know, it's always good to have, uh, you know, an escape plan, an out, as they say. And I wanted an out in case I, you know, didn't want to lose that 20 bucks, but I didn't do that. I was confident in the under, and, you know, sometimes confidence kills you. It's so nice to, I would normally say, wake up and find another $20 in my Venmo from you, but in this case, I've been up since 3 in the morning. I have no idea why. Mm. Uh, now, because my talent is so eye-opening, that's the way it's been described. Yeah, I, I've described it as Thank such. you. Yeah. Hall of Fame worthy. Mm. Won't mm. be, but mm. worthy. Yep. Uh, you probably can't tell, but this, uh, let me tell you something. Speaking of being leveraged, I am mentally leveraged right now where I might just go on a profane rant and you'll be looking at me like, you can't say that on like a real station, right? which we get for now. <laughs> so I am, I'm a high risk live wire today. Beware. All right. The takes will be flying and maybe FCC violations. I don't know. I don't know. I am on fumes. Yeah, I hear you. That's so a- when you Venmoed me at like five in the morning, the 20 bucks, I was like, huh, what's this for? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the car fell over. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, yeah, this never went right. Well, at least I hope that while you were on fumes, at least gave you some sense of like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's all worth it now. Yeah, there we go. There we go. This is why we clock in early and, and this is why and we leave, leave late. late. Yep. It's all the show prep meetings. Uh, guys, Jackson asks his friends what they ate instead of just splitting the bill evenly. That's from the 314. Is that true? No. No, that's uh, an unfair assumption. 60 bucks to Ledoux is toilet paper and servant money. That's from the 314. Is that true? And you're just trying to play, play to the audience that that means a lot to you in reality. It's something that you would drop behind you, and it would be too much of a hassle to pick up. Like Jordan, I, li- uh, I like I like this. If it, that's a nice meta play, like oh, maybe Horton Watkins isn't so flush with. I cash. am a man of the people. No, uh, <laughs> this listen, is a very populist meta play. Yeah, it's certainly not. I listen. No one got rich by writing checks. No one got rich by sending Venmos. So I am trying to curtail because I've sent Tim probably like seven or eight Venmos this year. Just and I haven't sent bets. you. I think I, I think that one damn fantasy baseball week which oh, yeah. still oh, is a yeah, burn yeah, my yeah, saddle. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had the greatest fantasy baseball team ever assembled, and I had a bunch of rainouts. Yep, yep. And uh, so I'm I, I like it's been nine months. It can't be nine months unless we were in the Korean league. <laughs> Four or five, but like months. seven months, maybe. Yeah. Hell, I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm dangerous <laughs> you, you today. Want, you have no clue of time. Either way, it was months ago. Oh my god, I lost, and I got to send this guy yeah. twenty bucks. Yeah, that that was that was uh, that that was. For but me. since then, there has been a it's yeah. been a revenge tour. Steady it's been stream. like Jordan looking at the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh... Yeah, you took it personally. Guys, Ledoux kid likes spinach quiche. Also, water is wet. That's from the three one four. Listen, treat yourself to a spinach quiche. quiche you doing a library, weekend. bro? No, I sh- hey, if any quiche companies want, want some uh, some play, 
Guys, now we get to hear rich boys, rich foods of God. That's from the 618. Are you going to do a Mount Rushmore of rich foods? I didn't know about this. I don't even know, like, what's a rich, like, sushi? Caviar. Sushi's not a rich food. Uh, It depends. A good sushi might be. Uh, um, Caviar, I don't like. I don't do. So you've had it? No. No, no, no. So you have, and then you caught yourself, and then on the air decided not to acknowledge you've had it. That's my read. I don't really and I'm going to move in half my bank. No, I really don't do seafood. So. so you haven't answered the question as to whether or not you've had caviar. I haven't. So if I don't really do I seafood. I might forebet you. If I haven't done seafood, I really wouldn't think. You, you haven't know. eaten seafood before? No, I have. I just don't really per- like it that much. So Is I, caviar considered seafood? The animal that the caviar comes from is from the sea. So I'd count it as seafood. It's what the, animal does caviar come from? I think it's uh, like sturgeon eggs. It's like eggs from the f- sturgeon. Almost positive. Someone check on that for me. Rocky, <laughs> you're not doing anything. Rocky, this guy called. You don't call South City people out for not doing anything, Ledoux. <laughs> I wore my St. Gabriel's uh, hoodie yesterday, a sweatshirt. Daddy, can you send me $1,060 this week? I love you. Thanks, Piddles. I guess we'll have to bet on something. I'll just lose it. That's how it's been going. <laughs> Guys, can a local bakery who makes spinach quiche sponsor Jackson's daily updates on the association? Thanks, 636. Yeah, that's, that's a perfect marketing opportunity. That seems perfect. I don't know why we're... <laughs> this update on the Lakers and Clippers brought to you by Lorraine Quiche, yeah. new sponsor here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Rolls right off the tongue. That does. It does work. Uh, we have the Piddle Six Shooter today. Magical. Yeah. The Six Shooter today is strong. The Six Shooter's big. Uh, that's coming up. Plus, the Colonel is going to be with us. Uh, he writes in a stunning development that tomorrow's game is the most important game of the Eli Drinkwitz era. I would... I would... Echo that sentiment. But it's Vanderbilt. Yeah, but it, it, it's not going to be his most important win, but it will be his most significant loss. Well, yes, I would agree with that, but there are two touchdown favorites, so it's not like this is a 7 o'clock or 2.30 CBS game and right. there's going to be 65, 70,000 people there and all the eyes of the country. It's buried at 3 o'clock, although I'm thrilled that it's 3 o'clock and not 11 a.m. Yep. And... It's Vanderbilt. It's what I'm saying is it's an unfortunate, from my perspective as a Missouri fan, and sad commentary yeah. that that is where we are. Certainly an unfortunate reality that this game is going to mean so much for the future of Eli Drake. But it's like a field goal kicker from 35 yards out. You expect him to make it. Right, exactly. But, but if he misses it, it's yeah. a problem. It's yep. like the Mevis kick from 19 yards out. Yeah. I don't, I'm of the opinion they're making progress. I know it sounds counterintuitive. I know you got to win the games, but... Big picture. You look at the defense against K-State. That's, that's, that's I just, that's big picture. The defense has improved, and I feel like they're a quarterback away, and I realize that's important. I don't disregard it. I Let me make that clear, but I have to tell you, from overall, yeah. the reality is they're a handful of plays away from being 5-1 and one with a pretty damn tough schedule. Yeah. So I, I mean, and not, I'm not. I'm, and listen, I want to make this clear because Missouri fans think I hate Missouri, and non-Missouri fans think I'm excusing Missouri. So I am the official. I cannot win guy, yeah. but I'm still telling you what I think, and I got to be honest with you. So from a progress standpoint, the this is 180 degrees from the the deal with the defense at this time last year. We'll talk it over with the Colonel. Uh, that's coming up next. He is brought to you by James Carlton. We have the Piddle Six Shooter, and we have multiple attacks coming in the Air Comfort Service text line, and that just feels like home to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting more comfortable by the second. Yeah, six five seven eight zero, and you can leave a mic. Do we have any mic drops? I feel like it's stunning that Steve hasn't left one this week. You know what? I'm gonna take a look. Oh, that means break. you haven't checked. That is accurate. Wow. I've been too busy talking caviar. That's right. <laughs> uh, leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. The Colonel next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN.
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk Tigers football with Gabe DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Brought to you by James Carlton State Farm. James Carlton will donate $20 to the Mizzou NIL Collective for every quote they give you when you say 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Spoon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour. You're welcome to get involved on the show by texting into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780, leaving a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app. Right now, it is our pleasure to welcome to the show on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves, the Colonel Gabriel P. DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Morning, Colonel. What's up, Tim? How are you? Yeah, listen to the gallery. <laughs> That's the uh, loudest applause I've gotten. In a few <laughs> <laughs> Colonel, you wrote something that I th- that I think is true, but is eye opening uh, this week on Power Mizzou, and that this is the most important game of the Eli Drinkwitz era to date. Tomorrow at three o'clock against Vanderbilt. I would like to hear your reasoning for the uh, statement, sir. Well, first of all, I like the descriptions of all my writing to be, I think it's true, but it's definitely I hope. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, look, it shouldn't be that playing a Vanderbilt team in the middle of your third season that has lost 27 straight games to power five opponents is the biggest game you've coached. Right. But it is because this is a game. Missouri can't lose this game. I mean, if they win this, you're going to South Carolina next week, South Carolina's, they're beatable. I mean, they're the, South Carolina will be favored, but that's not an impossible task. If you win that one, you got New Mexico State down the road. Basically, then you've got to beat Kentucky or Arkansas to make a bowl game, which is possible, right? Uh, but if you lose this game, I, I can't paint any path. I mean, I don't see how you win another game against a uh, a major team. You'll still beat New Mexico State, but you're probably looking. If you lose this game, you're looking at three and nine in year three, and that is. I mean, that's a disaster, and I I still don't think he would get fired for it. I wouldn't fire him for it. But if you lose to Vanderbilt and end up 3-9 and nine in year three, it's understandable that people are going to want that. Right. There's a conversation to be had, right. you know. So just the, the swing of this game, I mean, assuming they at least win this, New Mexico State, and whether they pick up one or two more or not. Like, look, I, I don't care what the – the public pressure is and how mad people are. Twitter doesn't fire coaches. If he wins this one and one or two more, he's not getting fired. But if you lose this one, that just opens up a whole different lane of possibilities. Yeah, the uh, the thought process, because this is something I'm, I'm kind of on, in the minority on, on TMA, and I share your opinion that I... I it, in, in that you want them to win this? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the colonel. <laughs> that was very well played, sir. Very much so. uh, that that, uh, that I would like to see any coach uh, get four years at a program, and I think in particular at Missouri because the set of circumstances at the moment is different. And I thought that going into the year, and even if this is a dumpster fire, I still think it. But we both acknowledge, yeah. even though we're in the same camp, that if they were to finish 3-9, and nine, and a loss to Vanderbilt brings that into play, then then the discussion would change. What likelihood, even though we're both clear that we don't think it would necessarily be the right move, if they did finish 3-9, and nine, do you think that it becomes likely that he isn't around for a fourth year? 
No, here's the only way, in my opinion, it does, is if these are recruiting classes, if you start to see a mass exodus of those kids from the yeah, last two yeah. years entering the portal. I mean, if we get to December 5th, and, and look, I don't think this is going to happen, but I, I'm just saying Xavier Simmons, Dominic Lovett, Tavoris Jones, Sam Horn, guys like that start entering the portal, then that's a sign to me, hey, something's wrong in this program beyond, beyond the record. So if that happens, all bets are off. I mean, if those guys start leaving, then I think it's a conversation. But back to kind of what you were saying, I mean, here's why you can't do it at Missouri. Let's say Oklahoma, let's say Brent Venables is a tire fire through next year, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that hard to recover at Oklahoma. We saw it when we were in school. Oklahoma was bad. I mean, they had Gary Gibbs and John Blake, and that thing had kind of tanked. Oklahoma just goes out and finds the right guy. They win a national title in year two. Um, you know, Alabama wasn't great before Saban took over. All it takes at programs like that is the right guy. Yeah, you're um, right, man. You're, people forget that Alabama yeah. was, I mean, it was Mike DuBose and, what, Franchione yeah. and uh, Shula? Franchione for like a week and Mike <laughs> Shula. Yeah. And, and so, you know, even Tennessee, look, oh, it's yeah. easier to come back at a place like that, even if you've been down for a while. At Missouri, if they were to fire Eli Drinkwitz, which, again, it's not – you can't fire him before Sam Horn starts a game, before Tavoris Jones is the running back, before Luther Burden's in year two. All those things you have to let it wait and see. But if they fire Eli Drinkwitz, you know what they're doing? They're going back and hiring another Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, they're not going to get some proven guy from a Power 5 school if they fire him. They're going to go take another chance and throw another dart and hope they're right this time, which is why I, I just think – by, by saying he shouldn't be fired, that doesn't necessarily mean I believe he's the guy to take this back to where Gary Pinkle had it. I don't know that. I have plenty of doubts. But you have to let him prove that he is or he isn't before you prematurely pull the plug unless, again, there are just things that start to – I mean, if he loses six assistant coaches and six freshmen to the transfer portal – then, okay, that tells me there's something going on here well beyond they just didn't win enough game. Right. You and I are, are legitimately on the exact same page with, with where this is and, and specifically the coaching situation at Missouri just in general. Uh, I'm curious on this, how you view it. I actually, which may feel weird and we may differ here, I feel better about the direction of the program over the last month than I did um, when they were 2-1. and one. Because I see how substantially uh, improved the defense is, and I truly feel like they are a quarterback away from being, you know, I mean, they didn't even need a better quarterback to to win at Auburn, and a quarterback away from winning against Georgia and, and Florida. Now, I recognize immediately, so I acknowledge my self-awareness, that that is the most important position, and he was not able to bring one in this year, and this is what you are set with for the moment. Mm-hmm. But... I like what I am seeing in the fact that it is not ridiculous to say Missouri could be 5-1, and one, albeit Auburn and Florida are not the brand-name caliber programs that they have right. been uh, this year, but they, the way they played Georgia and the fact that they were in those games on the road. So I actually feel better about it, not for this year, but for the direction it's going. How do you, how do you feel about that game? I understand both sides of it, and and I don't know where I fall. I don't think either one is necessarily wrong. Everything you said is true. Um, you know, they're they seem pretty close, uh, and, and that's a good thing, and, and all that. But 
nobody in the end when discussions are had do you get to keep coaching or not nobody really cares how close you were i mean if if we go back go back to i, I think it was 2018 um the kentucky game right uh, yeah debacle they lose on on what everybody understands was a bad call like Demarcus Acey's getting called for pass interference in the end zone was the wrong call. That wasn't pass interference. It changed the outcome of that game. If they win that game, they're nine and three. You know, going into a bowl game, whether they end up nine and four or ten and three, whatever. It's 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 a nine win season minimum. I don't even think six and six the following year gets Barry Odom fired. Like that one game, I can argue, you know, kind of sealed his fate. Now maybe I'm wrong, but. I think if he wins nine games there, it changes things going forward. So I can make a reasonable argument. Barry Odom lost his job because of a bad call, but nobody cares in the end. You weren't nine and four or 10 and three. You were eight and five because you lost that game in the scorebook and nobody cares why. So when it comes time to make that decision, well, you were pretty close at Auburn and Florida and Georgia. Is it going to count for anything? It's only going to go down as a loss. Um, I've said, and I think this is true, his career here now comes down to Sam Horn. He needs Sam Horn to be what Brad Smith was to Gary Pinkle. And I don't mean arguably the best quarterback in school history. That's not what I mean. I just mean the guy that can elevate your program from, okay, you're four and eight this year or whatever, to enough wins next year that you feel good. Whatever that number is, I think it's got to be seven next year. But even if it's six and six, but there's a lot of signs, all that. But Sam Horn has to be that guy. Either that or they've got to go find somebody in the transfer portal who's that guy. And if they find somebody in the transfer portal who's that guy, then did Sam Horn come here to sit for two years? That opens up a whole other can of worms. But his future here, to me, is almost completely reliant on Sam Horn next year. And you know, you mentioned the defense, and, and I agree with all of it, but there are two questions I have going forward. First of all, has Blake Baker done a good enough job that he might not be here next right. year as defensive coordinator? And second of all, 10 of their top 12 players on defense, I think, will at least have the option to leave. I mean, you got a guy like Chris Abrams, Drain, Tyron Hopper. They could be playing themselves into the NFL after this year. Um, then, you, then you take guys like... Darius Robinson, Trajan Jeffcoat, Isaiah McGuire. I don't know if they're NFL players next year or not, but they've also already been in college for five years. And a lot of these kids are going to go, you know what, man, I've done this thing for a long time, whether it's pro football or something else, it's time to move on with my life because I'm 23 years old. And even though I can have a sixth year, I mean, I think some of them will take it, but I, I don't think all of them will take it. So that defense could look significantly different next year, which is why it hurts that when you've got this defense, you've got an offense that's so bad, yeah. that even giving up two touchdowns a game, they can't win. Yeah, that's the like thing. This, this year's defense is no no guarantee that next year's will be good. I follow what you're saying. I follow logic on that. Uh, Colonel, I could go on and on and on, but uh, it's just not the way it is, and you probably have other things. Jack Jackson wanted to ask about the gold face mask, but I wasn't going to let him do it because I know you're really – not not excited to talk about well, outfits. I, mean, it, I believe I read that because they're wearing gold face masks and the sailor helmet and uniforms people like, I believe Missouri actually starts 13 nothing ahead. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. I'm going to have to hop now, on FanDuel. Now, that could change based on what outfits Vanderbilt has. 
Right. You know, how many oh, points are those going to be? Man, these are, I didn't realize the correlation oh, here. Gabe's got the inside yeah, word. Gabe's an analytics guy <laughs> through and through. Colonel, always enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend. All right, guys. We'll talk to you. There Thanks, he is, Gabe, uh, Gabe Darman from PowerMizzou.com, brought to you by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. All right, uh, Jackson, how does this work? I told you I'm right. James is sitting here, but I break and then I talk with James. Is yeah, that how it works? That's right. Yeah. See, we tend to these issues on the air. I bring a little TMA down the hallway to HD1, uh, and that's what we're doing here. So we'll talk it over with James in a moment. Gabe Darman brought to you by James Carlton, the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. On the other side of the break, we have the Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. Bingo. Yeah, this is what the people tune in for the Absolutely. Six Shooter. Pew pew. <laughs> that was Jackson's gun sound effect for those of you who didn't catch it. Uh, that's coming up next. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you to the top of the hour. And then BK and Ferrario take over. It is Friday, and that means we have the Lil Piddles six-shooter. Wow, and what a six-shooter it is this week. Why don't you ask the questions? All right. Give me a moment to draw them up. I, I can remember the first one. Okay. I can remember the first one. Uh, I so when you I, say you can remember the first one, now you're clearly buying time. I, I can remember the first one. I can remember the first one. Fourth time you said it. And uh, so outside of Bennington, mm-hmm. who do you... Now you're reading. What do you think is... The, boy, I, I wrote this poorly. I'm about outside to of, something. <laughs> outside of Bennington, who do you think is the key player for the Blues that will ensure success for the season? I don't know if I would call it ensure, but he's got to be damn good, and it hasn't been a great start. Uh, Colton Preco. Mm, yeah. I'm expecting big things from Justin Falk. I realize he had the game winner the other night, but Colton Pareko had a bad turnover and it hasn't been a great start to the season and the Blues are invested on him and in him, excuse me, and I uh he's got to be he's got to be the guy. Right. And but, so that is where I will I will put my action. I like it cuz the defensive depth might not be there. You got you need a guy like Pareko there uh, to kind of bolster the defense and I'm going to agree with you. Uh, next, this is bullet number two. Pew pew. Uh, for the first two sound effects from the first two games, what has stood out from the Blues that you think is the most encouraging? Bennington. Yeah. Easy answer. Right. Easy answer. I mean, a couple of the saves he's made. We talked about the one uh, in Seattle the other night. That was world class. Yeah. My goodness. That was crazy. I mean, Martin Jones had a hell of a save too, but I don't know how much of that was luck and how much of that was skill. Uh, but the save that Bennington made, I mean, my goodness, that yeah. was incredible. So uh, that has, from my standpoint, easily been because we, you know, I think understandably our our memory on Bennington is, man, it sucks that he got knocked out by Kadri against the Avalanche because maybe the Blues beat the team that eventually won the Stanley Cup and who knows what happens. But keep in mind, when the Blues opened up the playoff series against the Wild, it wasn't Bennington and Nett. He had lost his job. So it's important to see him carry over more of the play against Colorado and Minnesota than the guy who lost his job earlier in the year. So that has been super encouraging. And yeah. Really going. If, yeah if, he, if he can keep this up consistently, that completely changes the landscape of the Blues this season. Uh, all right. Bullet number three. Mm. On the other side, what has been the element of the Blues that you find to be somewhat discouraging in the first two games uh turnovers second period play but tied for first yeah. that's uh, what stands out to me both second periods have been but i think that's a fixable i think in, in a way it's good that those are the thing granted it's super small sample size but yep. i think these are very fixable 
right. things. Right. Especially I think if Bennington period. would be going out giving up soft goals, you go, oh God, now the season in the hands of a beat up mental, you know, uh, guy comes suffering from the mental situation of last year losing his job, and it's in Thomas Grice's hands. Uh, and if or there was uh, some scoring deficiencies out of the gate, and you go, oh my God. Where is David Perron? And certainly some people are still saying that, especially with the start he's had with Detroit. But considering the way things have gone out of the gate, and I don't think they've played well and they're still 2-0, and I actually look at that as a positive mm. um, because it, it makes you not take things for granted. Well, you, and you're getting a good start out on the road. I, I think it's it's a real positive situation. But if you're asking for negatives, I would say turnover stand out in the second period play in both the games so far has been discouraging. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, the power play without Perron, I think that is not necessarily discouraging, but something to kind of look at to improve on. And if you could take advantage of that, that would be another thing that would be very encouraging. Uh, so this uh, three bullets down means there's three to go. Sure. I'm, I'm an educated man. I don't need to be talked to like some kind of third grader just because I didn't go to Ledoux. I, you know, I, I just have to assume. Uh, do you think that Eli Drinkwitz, now let me set the stage here. Mm, okay. Mizzou is in a bad state in the, for the first half, they play poorly against Vandy. Maybe they're down 10 to 14 points. But they're down two touchdowns. Boy, that would be uh, quite a situation. Right. And it's clearly an offensive problem. So it'd be 14 nothing. Um do you, God. Yeah. Let's let's just put that. It could be ten nothing. It could be just it was evident that the offense isn't playing well and that they just can't really get full stops on defense. Do you think that Eli Drinkwitz would make a quarterback change mid game? Yes, hundred percent. We've seen him do it. We saw him do it in Manhattan, Kansas. It was a very brief stay. Was that not but wasn't that an injury thing? Brady Cook was kinda had a bad elbow and then came back in. I maybe know, that's what they said right, and yeah, uh, that's yeah, not what they meant. Exactly. It's like uh, what the Jets receiver who's demanded to be traded and they said, <laughs> Oh, he went home for a family issue and then the next day he's like, No, I want to be traded. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you kinda let the cat out of the bag here. Right. So I do not believe it help, maybe it was, but I I, I my answer either way, whatever happen in Manhattan is yes they would pull Brady Cook yes they would I don't even sweat that that is a hundred percent certainty okay now if they do would it be Abraham or do you think it would be making a horn that's a nice question and if I had more time with the colonel that was the direction I was going because Brady right. Cook was I loved what Brady Cook said this week he's like it's on me I got to be better I have studied every player from the six games he broke down his interceptions at Florida which certainly cost him the game um, and I want to see him succeed. Right. Seems like exactly what you want in a leader and a competitor. He's just had problems on the field. And when yeah. it gets down to it, that's what matters. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I'm certainly pulling for him. I'd love to see him put it together this week. They're going to be healthy at wide receiver. At least that's what the report is from, from Drinkwitz. Yep. Um, man, I like your question, Jackson. I've sufficiently bought time. I think it'd be Horn. Yeah. I, I, I w- Obviously, I would love to see Horn come in. Uh, I'd also love to see Macon get another chance. I feel like he hasn't really... And I, obviously, we're not started at, against Georgia last year, and that was kind of it. Hello, yeah. how do you do? And he had named led him to a field goal against a really good team, but eventual national champions. But what I think is like, I, and we're not at practice, so I don't know every all the ins and out of it. But like Macon just doesn't seem like he got a fair shot. So I would prefer to see Macon and Horn because Jack Abraham isn't your future. You know, you can say that he might be the present, but. I mean, he's bounced around. Well, it would tell you a lot if they went to Jack Abraham. Yeah. If, if this scenario played out, which Agreed. is a one in a hundred. I mean, you're right. down ten nothing or fourteen nothing at Vanderbilt in the half. Right. Holy crap. Right. And I would like it to be Horn because if he comes in, plays well at home against Vanderbilt, 
homecoming game. That would be the perfect confidence boost for a true freshman who didn't get to play spring ball. I think get that people would be, excited about the program. Exactly. I think if and this is and I hope this actually doesn't happen. I hope Brady Cook plays really really well and they just destroy Vanderbilt. But if the case happens like I laid out, I would prefer to see Horn over anybody else. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bypass. I'm gonna count that uh, second question about who you would replace in the six shooter, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take out the uniform question. I feel like the six year has gone really well today, and I don't want to ruin it with a with a uniform. Wow, question. what an absolutely stunning audible! So do we have a five shooter? No, no. The, we're you're gonna, adding one? No, we're counting the question of who they would put in as the the fifth bullet. Why are you taking out the uniform question, bruh? I guess we get. I guess we'll seven shooter. Uh, Maybe passionate about your convictions. What are your thoughts on the Missouri uniforms? <laughs> I would like to see Missouri wear the same uniform week in and week out, whatever the hell it would be. It just screams to me Diamondbacks baseball. Mm. Mm. And I recognize that it is a trend, and it's well beyond Oregon and now Columbia. And a variety of other college programs and NBA teams have a variety of uniforms. Yesterday we had the Blues and the NHL announced the 32 reverse retros. But it just strikes me as gimmicky. And it also strikes me kind of like when, you know, sometimes the Cardinals have said some things and fans are just like, oh, my God, I can't believe they said that. When you're teasing uniform reveals and you're two and four with your wins against Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian, I'm just going, God, man, I would just like put that, you know, hold that tweet off until we get one against Vanderbilt or New Mexico State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the whole uniform thing has just been. My personal preference on the Missouri uniforms, I love what they wore for Armageddon at Arrowhead against KU. Gold pants, black helmet, white jersey. And if they're at home, black jersey, gold pants, black helmet. That's what I like. find this to be gimmicky, I would love a coach to go, yeah, this is what we wear. We're not about if we If we're going to get recruits because of the uniforms, those aren't the players we want. Alabama's been wearing the same damn thing forever. If you want to come here to win football games and build a program, that's what you're here for not our cute uniforms that we change up with announcements every Thursday on Twitter. That's what I like, Jackson. You totally disagree with me and you're debating how to say it. I just like the little sailor tiger. It's the best answer you could possibly give. Yep. It was so on brand. <laughs> uh, and final bullet, uh, what are some of your favorite bets from the NFL? We talked about college football. Right? So I got one it? for you, and that's all I got, and it's the only one you need to know. That's the thing. This is what I wanted. The Sixers has gone so well today. <laughs> You're taking the Jacksonville Jaguars and the three points against the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah. I, that's because a, every square and his brother will be taking the New York Giants. Yeah. All right. I, I'm just telling you how it's going to work out. It makes no sense to me. I look at the spread and I go, what in the world is this? And that's how I know to take the opposite of what I think. Take right. the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you're playing Daily Fantasy, Travis Etienne. Oh, wow, Travis, look at this. Jackson Travis. giving a bonus play here on the six-shooter. What a six-shooter. ETN and uh, also Texans plus seven. Wow, Jackson with a bonus Texans play. Texans plus seven. Right. That's, the, that's the little pillows. I, I'm fresh out of bullets, Tim. Well, yeah, chamber. I mean, you almost bailed on the uniform question. Right, Which we, we, means we would have missed out on your opinion on the cute little sailor. I really like the little sailor. There it is, your thoughts. Six, five, seven, eight, zero. I would imagine you're getting a lot of support. For I that. can only imagine. I usually only get support. Damn, not hating. I like you, Jackson, but the Sailor Tiger is so stupid. LOL. That's from the 636. Don't end it with LOL. Uh, Lil Sailor Tiger is a prolific poster on Gabe's message board, by the way. Thanks. That's from the 573. Uh, Tim is right on about Mizzou and the uniforms. There it is. That's the text of the day. Do we give a text of the day on the show? We should. 
Should. Uh, all right, time to take a break. Uh, one segment rating this week on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you to 11 o'clock. It's till 11 o'clock, isn't it? To 11 o'clock? Yeah, we'll be, we'll be taking you to the top of the hour which is until 11 o'clock. Yeah, but Tim McKernan and Jackson Burkett with you till 11 yeah. o'clock? Yeah, I think it's till. So when I say to 11 o'clock, that's incorrect. Yeah, but I wasn't going to call you on it. Not your style. No, Even no, Even you no. talk down to me about math. I tried you to. You know, we're halfway home since we've done three of the six. Well, I just like to keep the list. Clown boy. That's what I took it as. It was implied, clown boy. <laughs> Jackson, I don't know what this is, but there's support for you in this Air Comfort Service text. Uh... Line? Wow. Hell must have froze over. Uh, a rare Piddles W. What oh, was your W? I don't know. You know, I maybe they like the little sailor take. No, actually, I see about 10 that weren't on board with that. Oh. Mm. Did you ever check for the uh, mic dress, by the way? Yeah, we got nothing, except the guy who wants us to mention that WashU plays tomorrow. WashU plays tomorrow. There we go. Box checked. Uh, these tigers are more like house cats and have no fire in their belly, just like you two. That's from Merle in Oakville. Mm. Have a great weekend, guys. That's from Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. Lisa. Friend of the feather. Long-time friend of the feather of this program. She's a gem. Yeah, this is going to be a wonderful weekend. The weather's going to be nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Puts me in a good nice. place. Weather's going to be nice. You're going to homecoming. Yep, yep. The leaves are changing, Tim. The leaves, they are changing. They've changed. Duh. They've changed. Duh. Yeah, it's nice to see. I like driving around this time of year. Uh, are you looking forward to the Padres and Phillies? Do you want to wager with me on that? No, I'm out on the... You get, you get a home game at the bank, because you know I'm taking the Padres. I'm Padres all day. Oh, you're thinking about it. I see the wheels turning. Boy, it's like I got to cut you off. Yeah. I'm Nino Brown and you're Chris Rock. I'm going to I'm going to pass. What percentage of the audience catches that reference, you think? This per- the percentage of the people on the show is 50% cuz I didn't get it. <laughs> you call yourself a film aficionado. Yeah. New Jack City 1991. Wesley oh, that's Snipe. Right. That's right. No, no, that's a good call. Cash Money I Brothers. Haven't seen, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, one best picture. It did. It beat out uh, Silence of the Lambs. That's correct. Which I thought was, you know, upset. yeah, it was a big upset. Uh, yeah, so you got uh, the playoffs going on, uh, and you got the Yankees in trouble. You've got the Padres and Phillies uh, starting up again this evening in Philadelphia, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Uh, Jackson and I have released a five-star lock on the Jaguars and the confusing spread against the Giants. I'm just telling you, here's my reasoning on this. Anytime I see a spread that you go in the NFL, I want to make this clear in the NFL, and you go, What in the world is that? And then everybody takes the side, side. Yeah. it just doesn't cover. Now, I say anytime, the reality is it's more like 80% ish of the time, but it's crazy how it works. And I was wondering if there's something I'm missing. That number has stayed three. Unbelievable. Is it not confusing? I mean, the Giants are kind of the talk of football right now. Big time. The NFC East is. Yep. Giants are 5 and 1. They're going to 2 and 4 Jacksonville and the Jaguars are 3 point favorites. So everyone's going to be on the Giants and 100%. It's almost yeah. It's going to be the Jags will cover. They might blow them out. Uh and the Giants, I'm not saying they're smoke and mirrors, but Danny Dimes got to be a lot better and their defense has kind of guided them through this. And I think the Jaguars in Jacksonville. I love that. Part. So you're a Jaguar guy. I just heard Jaguar and Bengals. Yeah, yeah. I got a problem with both of those, but I respect it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to own up to it. I don't respect it, but I say I respect it, and I hope you believe it. That's what I think. 
I don't know for the life of me, and I'm just I feel I do feel like people got paid last week on Tennessee. Oh yeah, and then they lost money taking the Chiefs. Chiefs. That's yep. what I think. This week it's going to be carnage yeah. in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet. And then watch the Giants win by 20, and we'll have a big show on Monday, just like when the Phillies win the World Series. Yep. One team I can see, they can't see winning the World Series, the Phillies. Yep, yep. the Phillies will win it all, and yep. the Giants will we'll cover. Just destroy. Yeah. That'll be good entertainment. They'll win right outright. Yep. Uh, all right, Bloom Party is wrapping up, but that means BK and Ferrario are standing by for their three hours for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll talk with you again on Monday here on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.